Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Thrive Lathrop, it's good to be with you guys again on this podcast episode. Very excited about today's topic. Before we begin, though, I want to introduce who's going to be on. First off, my name is Pastor Chris. I've been one of the pastors here on staff for a while. Normally, I'm able to have the privilege of being on this podcast, and today I get to introduce our guests. Uh, most of you know them. If you don't, would love to have you get to know them as well. Most of them have a social account, and you could kind of get to know them a little bit more. So first off, we have... Uh, back is Pastor Juan. Pastor Juan was on last month as we did our podcast on worship. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have you, bro. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, for sure. How was your week this week? Oh, it was great. Good. It was great. Good. You got the coffee in already this morning? Got the coffee in. This is the highlight of the week right here. This right here. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm excited to have you, bro. And then we got Pastor Matt. And so Pastor Matt, it's good to have you back on as well. Yeah, I was on a couple months ago and I'm excited to be back on. Uh, Love the topic today. So I'm I'm super excited. Very cool. Good stuff. And then last but certainly not least, we have our lead pastor, Pastor Eric Baca, is on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me back. You're welcome. I thought I gotten fired or something for the podcast. (laughs) No, no, never. All the cool people are on and now I feel like that cool kid at the table with all the other cool kids. Well, there was definitely a lot of cool kids last yeah, one, definitely. you know, worship and yeah, all the artists and the trendy awesome. people. Yeah. But no, we had to have you well, back, of course. I appreciate you letting the old guy back. In the <laughs> Thank you very much. Absolutely. No, it's it's great to have you. And um, I, I think, you know, just hearing from a lot of our listeners that the the diversity of having different perspectives and yeah. and and uh, just the fact that we have this many people on our team and, and on staff to just talk about different topics about what's going on today or or, or Bible or, or whatever the case may be. I, I think it's really cool. And so for those of you that are listening, thank you for joining us today. And uh, the topic that we're going to talk about, especially because it's the season, uh, we have Easter coming up. And so we're really excited yes. for our Easter experience in a couple weeks. That's going to happen on Sunday morning. And so today we are going to talk about the cross. We are going to talk about the why of Easter. Right. I think about Christmas and how everyone says like Jesus is the reason right for Christmas Uh, in the same way. We don't do Easter because of the Easter bunny or eggs. We do Easter because of what Jesus did. And and so today I'm very excited. And and this particular topic, the cross, the resurrection, uh, this moment in history that that changed history is is very dear to my heart. Not just because, um, you know, I love Jesus. I think all of it it matters to us. But but just even me personally, I've studied it. I've prayed about it. I preached about it. I think it's that evangelist in me. So I just love talking about it. So I'm excited yeah. to hear from your guys's perspective on what we're going to talk about with the cross. And so let's just go ahead and get started. I'm going to throw the first question to Pastor Eric, which I think will be really good to open up the conversation. And I think a lot of people maybe even have some misconceptions about the cross and sure. um, have heard some things or or they, they know it in a religious sense. So I think it's really good to kind of break down what it means, the cross, the resurrection, and, and how it is so important in our lives. So first, um, why why is the cross, why is Easter, that, that, that moment, the cross, the resurrection, why is it the center point of Christianity? I'm going to start with you, Pastor. Go ahead. Why is it the center? Okay. Um, yeah, and it, it is. I think the cross and the resurrection um, are the center or the fulcrum point of Christianity. Um, and in fact, I would say even of history, mm. is the world was radically changed when Jesus died and resurrected. From a spiritual standpoint, we understand that that a price had to be paid. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. 
And if you believe in the God of the Bible, then you believe that God is holy. That's one of his attributes is he's perfect in every way and he cannot abide imperfection. So in order to be close to a holy God, you have to be made holy. Mm. And so the story of Christianity, which is distinct, I want to make this kind of this point that if you're a listener and you think that Christianity is one of many paths and like it's all religions are basically saying the same thing, the cross is going to tell you, no, that's not true. Mm. Yeah. The cross is the story of God pursuing man. Yeah. Every other major religion is the story of man pursuing God, that it's man's burden to become more perfect to behave better, to be more altruistic, to be more generous, to be more sacrificial in the hope that God might accept them Mm. on their own merits. So Christianity turns that completely upside down. It's the only faith that does. And it says, no, you as a man or woman have no chance to be holy Mm. enough to be acceptable. So I, because I love you, am going to die and pay the price you could never pay. Right. Live the perfect life you could never live. Be unjustly treated in a way you would never be unjustly treated because as unjustly as you are treated, you're never perfect. So a perfect God being mistreated by sinful people, dying to pay the price, in the hopes that we would believe in him and trust in him. That is the story of Christianity. So the cross is critical to the whole idea that God loves us enough. And then, of course, without the resurrection, though, he was just a prophet. Right. Mm -hmm. He was just a good teacher. Cool. Jesus was nice and did awesome things, but he wasn't who he said he was, Mm. which would have meant he wasn't perfect. It would have meant he's a liar. But when he said he would be resurrected... When he called himself one with God, the same as God, if you speak to me or you see me, you see the Father, he was claiming to be God and that he would resurrect, and then he did it. Mm -hmm. Historically, he did it. Um, That means all of his promises are true. Yeah. It means everything he taught was true. If his wildest, most outlandish claim was true, then all of his teachings were true. Right. Mm -hmm. We can trust it all. And so he is who he said he was. So the work he did is what he said it it does for us. And so that's why I think the cross and the resurrection Mm. um, are critical. And again, historically, time changed, pivoted. We keep track of time by his coming because of how his life and res- death and resurrection changed the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Pastor Matt, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's. I think Pastor Eric hit on the head. It's it's the differentiator between Jesus, between Christianity and everything else. And there's actually a quote you said, Pastor Chris, last Sunday that I think ties into this. Well, it's, it's if the logic of truth is that it can be proven, the proof the proof of truth is a cross, right? It's where Jesus put his money where his mouth is, you know, the cross. And I think that's why it's so important to us. And it's even like a symbol, a reminder of what he did. Mm -hmm. That's why you often see people wear the the cross or you see it in churches. It's a reminder of what he did. It's a proof that Jesus put his money where his mouth is. Like Pastor Eric said, it's not just words. You know, he, he put action to what he said he was and the resurrection was the proof, the burden. So I, yeah, it's, it's the proof of truth for sure. Pastor Juan, what you got? Yeah, just a quick thought. I think it's, so good. So I think a lot of people in general know about the cross. I think right. um, people wear crosses, 
right? We see people out and about. And and I think people expect a lot of like um, old school looking buildings and churches like have a cross in it. Maybe most people grow up who aren't Christians who went to a church and they there was a big old typically wooden cross right. on the stage, yeah. you know? So like people, <laughs> people know about the cross, but man, they need to know about the resurrection too. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it the centerpiece. Like, and I love the, that story in Easter and every year it reminds me of it. And, um, every year I personally get saved all over again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I heard, I heard, yeah. um, Reverend Sean Smith from the Stockton area, shout out Stockton, you know, <laughs> he came and preached one time and he was sharing about every year, about a couple times a year, I personally get saved again. Uh, like I come back to the story of the cross, the story of the resurrection and good. I get saved. And I remember being a, being a young guy, um, looking up to him and being inspired hearing that, like, man, I need to do that. I need to make sure that I don't just get lazy in my walk and come back to the story of the cross, come back to the story of the resurrection and anchor myself back on that. And, um, even clean out my heart with repentance and make sure that I'm back in alignment with God. So I think um, it's just really cool that a lot of people know what the cross is. People need to know what the resurrection is too. So we got to invite people to church. That way they can come hear about it. Mm-hmm. That's really good stuff. Yeah. And, and I think even as we segue into the next question, um, one of the things for me is, is it's, it's the highlight moment, right? Of the person of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. God on earth. And, yeah. and I, I think people can think, man, it's just this historical moment. It's, it's just history. It's just a book, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not. It means so much more. Mm-hmm. And it's not a religious relic. It's not right. like a big right. old cross in a church. There, right. there, there's so much depth to it. it it's, it's the, 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 the focal point of, of access to the father and, and, mm-hmm. and, and truth and, and, and right. The, the whole, the whole weekend, right. Jesus dying on Friday, mm-hmm. Jesus going in to, to the gates of hell on Saturday, Jesus coming back, resurrecting on Sunday. And, and it's this whole idea of, because of that, the decision, the action, the, the heart, um, is why I am able to live today and, and, Mm. and not making it just like a religious uh, or a traditional event or, or even like a cultural just holiday. It's so much bigger than that. And, and I think for me, part of my heart for even doing this podcast today is that if we can get past celebrating Easter because we're American Christians, Mm. but celebrating Easter because of what Jesus did and really coming to the core of that. I think that's really key. So that leads me to my second question. What does the cross mean to us today? We know what it means to Christianity. We talked about that. It, it, It really is the center. The cross resurrection is the center, but, but now as someone who's a Christian today, how, how can I take that, right? What, what does the cross mean to us today in society? Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and go, let's do Pastor Matt. What, what would the cross mean today for us? Especially because Pastor Matt is doing, he's our youth and young adult pastor. And, and what I even find curious um, when I was doing youth and young adults is there are so many people today in California that have never even really heard the story of the cross and the resurrection. Like they know what it is. They know of a guy named Jesus who died, but they don't really, really know. And so what, what does that mean for for us today uh, as people who love Jesus and also just society, right? Like, just speaking. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, what I, what I love about the cross is that it never has lost its power once ever it, it in, in you look throughout culture, it, 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 
supersedes culture. It supersedes like it, it you know, Jesus died 2000 years ago in Jerusalem and it's, it's come all the way here to America, right? It, so it means the same thing today that it did 2000 years ago when he died, the power of, of the cross and the resurrection has never left. And I think it's something that's, it, it, again, it's a burden of, of the proof of truth of who Jesus is and that he was who he says he was because it has never lost its, its authority and its power. And so I would say it means in a, in a simple sense, it means the same thing today that it, that it has always meant. And it shows, and it shows the burden of proof and truth of who Jesus is. And, um, it's interesting because as we kind of, as America becomes a more and more secular country, more I, I'm, I'm meeting particularly young people who have who maybe don't know what the cross means. Right. You know what I mean? And that's so such an interesting thing because even when I was a kid, I feel like there was everybody kind of at least had an understanding of what the cross meant. And I'm, I'm seeing young people come to youth who have never heard of the cross. You know what I mean? And so it's 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 beautiful that you get to true truly bring people to Jesus and present the cross and present the resurrection, present the whole, as we would say, Easter story, um, in a way they've, they've maybe never even heard it. It means salvation. It means the, it means life, you know? And so I think that's so, so good. And you see it, you see it, a young person catch it. And it's like, man, I really am made new, right? I, the, the, the cross really, Jesus really died for me. You see it come to life in a young person and it's just so powerful and so cool. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Pastor, do you have something? Yeah, I think the cross means the same as it's always meant. And, and I think it's important that if there's, if there's anyone listening that would try to try too hard to contemporize their faith mm. and almost think that there's a necessity to look at the Bible through a 21st century lens so that it might mean something different to me, I think that's dangerous. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. What what the Bible does is teach teaches eternal truth. Right. Regardless of the age, you are hearing it, experiencing it. And so the cross is, it, it. what it means is that we are not good enough. And I mm-hmm. alluded to that in the fir- first question. We are not good enough. Good. We will never be good enough. No matter what our parents told us, we're not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're a millennial. Come oh, on now. Oh, yes. All the trophies. All the trophies. For last place. Crispy <laughs> treats of whether you win or lose, you know. Right. Um, and uh, uh, you Come know, on. a C is as good as an A and uh, all that kind of funny stuff. I, I think that that we can, we forget. Like, because we're, right. we're told, we're told, and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good motives to telling people how wonderful they are, but when we look in the mirror at our lives, when we take a moment to pause and consider every thought we've had, every motive we've had, every sinful decision we've had, like we are beyond self-rescue. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why Jesus yep. died. Yep. Right. Like if he didn't need to, he wouldn't have. Yeah. If he could have just said, hey, be as good as you can be and that'll be good enough, he would have never had to get on the cross. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think the cross needs to always remind us how desperately we need God. That's good. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, ne- we never grow past that. That's one of the things that issues I have with Christians who have been saved a long time is they forget just how jacked up they are. Mm-hmm. Like they still are. They don't know they're still a mess. Yes. And from my perspective, right. I can see, Oh man, you're still a hot mess. You got so many dysfunctions and yeah. complexes and issues and insecurities. Yeah. And, and they can't tell because they've been in, in church so long right. that they've almost, they, they, 
kind of think that they've gotten over the big stuff, which could be like, you know, violence mm-hmm. or addiction right. um, or promiscuity, mm-hmm. but they could still be kind of hateful people. Yeah. They could yeah. still yeah. be like super insecure, <laughs> yeah. right. you know, but they stopped growing because they kind of bought the lie that right. they got over the big stuff yeah. and they can be judgmental about other people's stuff and be totally oblivious to their own stuff. So the, what the cross does is it should always remind us, no matter how long we're in the faith, how desperately we need so God. Yeah. We're a mess without him. doesn't matter how much money you make, how many people like you, how funny you are, yeah. how good looking you are. Maybe mm. you're better than your dad was. Mm. You're still not good enough mm-hmm. for heaven yeah. and God's presence. So that's what the cross still means, you know, to anyone who's going to be open enough to realize it. Yeah. Mm. Pastor Juan, go ahead. That's so good. I kind of want to jump off even what Pastor Eric is going on as right. far as like believers who have been saved for a long time and think, oh, because it's not the big stuff, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I had a pastor one time preaching, he used football and he was talking about how like when you first get saved, it's awesome because you're not um, suffering big yard losses. You know, you're not in addiction anymore and um, you're not going to commit adultery or nothing like big. Mm. He's like, but then you can't like stay there and be okay with that. You can't like not allow Jesus to continue to make you better because then it becomes a game of inches in order to get that first down, you know? And so God's still working on us. And I remember um, that just really spoke to me, you know, like as far as like going into that thought. It's good. But the cross for us today, I think there's so much beauty in it. What I love about reading the word is that when we can read the same scripture, sometimes we can see like new things, like God will speak to us and the words will jump off the page. And so for me, I think I'm thankful that the cross, I agree with Pastor Matt, Pastor Eric, it's never lost its power. The cross has been the constant thing throughout all these years that we can come back to. And I'm very, very, very grateful for that, that I can always recenter myself, kind of what I talked about earlier personally, um, on the story of the cross and the resurrection. And, and I love how I was reading the other day, and um, I got my little Bible with me, my old school Bible. I feel like the Lord led me to start carrying this thing around, <laughs> the Bible that I've had since I was a kid, you know, yeah. because there's something beautiful about turning the pages you know, you hear the pages, you know, there there's something beautiful about it, man. And, and I, I feel it. And I like seeing so much more of it than, than seeing a little bit on the screen. Right. But sure. in Luke 23, it was um, the, the crucifixion story. I just love how there's the part where the criminal on the cross next to Jesus gets really saved. He, he actually, Jesus tells him, uh, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Like that, the dude who was on the cross next to Jesus, the guy who was a criminal, the guy who wasn't one of the disciples, the guy who wasn't following Jesus and, and his teachings necessarily. Like, I feel like that is where we can get our, some of our theology for leading somebody to Christ, like on their deathbed, for example. Sure. Because Jesus himself told them, like, surely you'll be with me in, uh, in paradise. So it's like seeing something like that when you're just reading the story about the cross come Easter time, you can catch something different. There's also the Roman general later on in the scripture who when Jesus died marveled and said surely this man was innocent or another translation says surely this man was a son of God um the dude who was mocking and beating Jesus like the Roman general so just to see things like that like I love like we talk about putting ourselves in the Bible yeah I love immersing myself being there and seeing that type of stuff and um picturing that soldier there and 
him having that thought. And um, there's just so much beauty in still reading the story about the cross. You know, it's not like, oh, I've learned it. I'm done. I move on. Right. We, we read the scriptures over and over and God will keep speaking to us. Yeah, I think that's so good. And, and right, like kind of like what everyone was saying, the, the, the cross, the resurrection, it transcends time. Right. right? It's, it's higher. It's above in a sense because it's God on earth yeah. dying and resurrecting because he loves us. And because he wants us, and and it, it, it's just so cool that that that's that's what we get to believe. That's the privilege of, of of falling in love with the gospel and the word is that we believe in a God that loves us way more than we can even love Him, which is mm, so fascinating to me, right? And and even what Paul says, right, in the New Testament, he talks about I I I I want to know Christ and Him crucified, right? Mm-hmm. That's that was like a pinnacle of of what he would say and and who he was and and talked all about uh, the theology of the cross and 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 the teachings of the cross and and the resurrection, right? And and all throughout his letters. Um, and so, so for me too, one of the things, um, Judah Smith said a quote years ago that I, I really, really love. And he said, um, it was specifically to pastors. He says, if your message does not hang or depend on the cross and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, right? If it does, if it is, if it is not like, if you can preach and you don't need the cross or the resurrection in your message, then you're not really helping change anyone's life. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so like, I want to take it a step further. If you can live your life today. And in your life, you don't need the cross and the resurrection. You're missing it. Right. And it's like what Pastor Eric is saying. If you can live a life with just Christian rules, right, with just religious actions, but you don't need at the core of everything we do, like, right, not just because I'm in ministry, I need the cross and the resurrection. I needed to get rescued. I needed to get mm-hmm. saved. I need to get saved, like, again, 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 if that makes sense. Like what Pastor Juan was saying, not like I need to get, like, you know, fill out the card and whatever and raise my hand. Like, I, I think that's so funny as preachers, like people get saved like every weekend sometimes like Pastor Eric's <laughs> laughing because he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, but it's okay. But it's this idea of, I need to come back to the place where I was, where I was found yeah. Yeah. and I was able to see and, and, and that's it. to live my life like that yeah. is my life as a husband, as a dad, as a friend, as a son, is it dependent on this moment? Mm-hmm. And I think the moment even brings us to uh, even more in love with God and, and in love with people. And, and, and we never grow old from this. Mm-hmm. You will never level up from the cross. You will never arrive. Right. Right. And I, I, I love that. That's kind of what Pastor Rick was alluding to, too. Like people, they act like they've arrived. Right. right. And, and why? Like, I, I think you've been doing this probably longer than all of us. So why, why do you think that? I've been doing it longer than all of you put together. Combined? <laughs> <laughs> How could that be when I'm so young? I know. I, was, that was, I wasn't trying to age you. But, but, but not only right, not only pastoring. You've pastored. How long have you pastored? I don't think people know. This, this. church? Uh, all of it. Just give me all of it. I started youth pastoring when I was 21. So how, how long am, now? I'm only 30. There you go. <laughs> Nine years. 40, so I'm almost caught up to you. 48 and a half. 27 years. 28 years. Let's yeah. just say 28. Let's round up. All right. We round up. <laughs> we round up around here. <laughs> right. But, and then we'll talk about this in a minute. But then also in church since you were born. Yep. And life. would you say that one of the things, one of the core things on why people like either became very religious or even left was fundamentally they just 
like left this idea of the cross and remembering where Jesus brought them from. Why, why, why do you think that that happens for people? And I think there's people listening right now. And I think I want to hit it because I think there's people listening right now thinking that this conversation is unnecessary, but it's exactly probably what they need because they felt like they've graduated or they've grown up, but they're not living the way that God's called them to live. Right. And so, so why is that? Why, why do people lose that? I, I think that, well, first of all, let's put some responsibility on pastors mm-hmm. to do a better job of staying humble themselves oh, so that there's a good. modeling of humility. Hey, right? now. And then second, teaching, preaching, and holding people accountable. Uh, when you run a, this is getting really into the weeds, but yeah. when you run a volunteer-driven organization, the temptation can be to put up with stuff because you really need help. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we as pastors have to um, be patient with mm-hmm. one another and be patient with our congregation, but not shy away from healthy confrontation. Yes. When we start to see the seeds of in, an independent spirit or pride, mm-hmm. um, judgmental attitudes, being hypercritical. We need to be willing to have those conversations and, and let people deal with it. Right. Um, and so I think th- that's th- those are two things. Uh, I think one culturally is our society has evolved and we no longer admire humility. Mm-hmm. When you think about the messaging through TV, uh, pop culture, it's all very self ingrandizing. Mm. It's all about what, I, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's still music videos. Are there still music videos today? Yeah, yeah but yeah. they're not as popular. They were TV popping though. in the 80s. Yeah. Right, it was, right, it wasn't, yeah. it's not like MTV culture where right. they're, MTV yeah, culture. Right, or like me and Pastor Juan growing up like on 106 in Park yeah. and like, right, TV shows with just music videos. No, it's so it more started, like YouTube views, but. It started back then where you had, you know, the musicians, maybe the rappers riding around in really nice cars with all <laughs> kinds of bling. Sure. You know, they're, Humility is lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about, you know, how can I be recognized, known? How can I acquire for myself? Mm-hmm. So humility isn't admired anymore. It used to be considered a beautiful thing. And I don't know if now it's like not a thing or, or it's maybe considered a weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't celebrate humility. Yeah. Um, we don't strive for it. So I think there's a number of reasons why there's a disconnect. At the end of it all, though, at the end of it all, regardless of how a pastor might miss it or how we're bombarded by culture, I believe the root of that spiritual pride is disconnection from intimacy with God. Yeah, for sure. At some point, that person or we stopped spending time with God so that we were constantly confronted by his holiness so good and reminded of our failures day on the daily right to use your phrasing on the daily is that a, is yeah. that a saying You're good. on the yeah. daily you know where before when we first come to christ we're like oh my gosh i right. can't believe that he every, even loved me. every day right you're thinking yeah. cross yeah. resurrection rescue yeah. gospel yeah. why i can't believe i'm even here i can't believe he died for me right you know, yep. what is this? And it's like falling in love for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And then we can mistreat our spouse, husbands and wives. Sure. If we, you know, forget we were lucky to get her. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and, absolutely. And, and so I think there's that. And so it's so weird, but you, we puff ourselves up with false spirituality when we 
don't have real spirituality. It's like, I'm going to fill my stomach with like Cheetos so I can feel full, but I'm not actually nutritiously, you know, strengthened. I'm not, Mm. I'm not, I'm not satisfied. Right. I just have a full feeling. And I think that's the exchange when we don't spend time with God. No, I think, I think that's so good. Jesus talks about right in in Matthew five, blessed are the meek or the humble for they shall inherit the earth. And, and I think that's even a foreshadow statement of, of the, the, that moment of the cross was the greatest moment of humility in history as well. Right. And so humility is absolutely attached to it. And, and I think that's a really good one. I think we struggle with arrogance and pride mm-hmm. and, and, and especially, and that's sad, especially as believers when, when all throughout the gospels, it's the opposite. Isn't it funny how Christians can just, you know, not trying to bash or, you know, people struggle, but how we can get so caught up in the things that are opposite to what Jesus called us to so easily for some people. And even myself, I've had seasons, right? Where I know I'm supposed to be doing this. If you read your Bible, it's super obvious. Like this isn't even like a stretch. Like humility is probably an easy one to talk about. But if I asked maybe random people, how many people do you know who love Jesus, who are humble? And then how many people do you, do you know that say they love Jesus, but are arrogant? Now how they might even be able to come up with the arrogant ones faster than the humble ones. And that's so sad. And, and so I think we have a lot of work to do. And I love that you hit the pastor thing because it does start with us. I, I absolutely believe that. And, yeah. and, and shout out to you because I think you do a great job at that. I yeah. think you are absolutely yes. one of the most humble lead pastors I've ever met. And, um, I, I, I mean absolutely. that and not just cause I work here. So, but I mean absolutely. that you can stay working here now oh. that you, <laughs> now that you said that. Okay, cool. I'm glad. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Go ahead. Pastor one. Yeah. Yeah. Just to jump on that. Like, Oh, that was so good. Pastor going in on humility, going down in our culture, not being celebrated. That just made me think of what is being celebrated. And like you were talking about, it's people having an abundance of things, being successful. But mainly, I think a lot of it is like having power and having influence or a combination of the two, especially influence um, to be able to be somebody that people look up to. Everybody, um, grows up with a dream now of making it someday. Everybody as a kid, if you're playing sports, you don't want to just play sports where you're at. You want to go pro. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea of if I'm going to do something, I have to max out and I have to be the best at whatever I'm doing. And I think some of that is is great. But I think the problem is, is that has infiltrated the church to where leaders and pastors I heard somebody say this the other day and it totally blew me away. And they were talking about like um, worship culture and like young people coming up, getting into worship ministry. And they were talking about how now it's really scary because you could say yes to Jesus. And there's a possibility that your yes to Jesus could lead to you having influence and becoming potentially rich and famous doing what you do for Jesus. He's like, we didn't grow up with that. I didn't grow up with that temptation to where now you might get saved. All you just got to go through an internship. You could be 20, 21. You post the right video, the right ministry, the right person reshares it. All of a sudden you get a big following and all of a sudden you got a radio hit or a worship hit that's going throughout churches and you get money and influence because of your yes to Jesus where that wasn't the case 10, 20 years ago. Right. So it's like, and then now there are some, we got to, leaders go first. We got to do it right. We can't make it about, because if the heart secretly is to have more influence, then it affects what you're preaching. And you're going to change a little bit of how Mm. you preach and how you dress and how you do what you do in order to get like those that have the influence. Yeah, for status. 
for not, status. Not for impact, right? right? I think, right, if you're going to dress in a pair of Jordans because you're doing a youth young adult conference to connect with kids, I think that's different than right. I just want them to think I'm cool. That's a totally different, right. like, right? It's it's a status thing for sure. Yeah, you know? so it's like people got to, I don't know, man, like people are kind of doing things or taking from the most influential preachers and the most influential ministers and they're trying to apply it to their church, but it's the surface things. It's not even the heart thing. not the depth. You know? Yeah. For sure. We can't have, we can't just be trying to get on. We were talking about it, joking about it earlier, preachers and sneakers, you know what I'm right, saying? Right. Or prophets and watches just because so-and-so. Prophets and watches. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's no, I, I, think, I think that's such a, I think that's such a good point. So I remember I was, so I got saved at 12 and I just, I just fell in love with Jesus. I just went all in. I couldn't believe that he loved me. Like I, and I was really, really broken. Right. So the first time I ever get asked to preach somewhere was a small little church, like in East LA. I was 12 years old. Someone like just, I don't know, thought that I could talk well. And they asked me to preach at their little youth group of like 10, 15 kids. And I, I, I prayed and I prepped. I think I had like a month in advance. I prayed, I prepped, I, I, I practiced, I, I did everything. And, and, and I, I don't even remember what I preached on. It was like an hour of just rambling. It was probably the worst message ever. It would never make sense. I think some of it with spiritual warfare. I don't know why I talked to that to a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers, but the story of my life and that was intense. But I just remember like everything was like, I can't believe I get to share this gospel. Okay. So I'm in, I'm going for it. I don't even think it went good, but maybe it went good. I don't remember. And then they took a little offering for me. And I remember this moment. They took a little offering for me. And well, I thought they took, a, they took an offering. I didn't even know it was for me. They took an offering. And so they passed around like a bucket and I, and, and then the, the, the youth director, the mom, it wasn't even like a pasture. It was like a mom at a little Hispanic church said, okay, mijo, here you go. And I said, what is this for? And she said, you, you, you preached. So we are going to bless you. And I said, bless me with what? And I opened it and it was $43. I'll never forget it. It was $43. (laughs) And I just remember at first I was like, wow, that's cool. And then this like, because I grew up broken and and poor and from a broken childhood, this moment of like deception creeped in. It's like what Jesus says, like the wheat and the weeds grow at the same time. Mm. And that set me on this trajectory that I had to walk through with Jesus for years to make sure that I didn't preach for money for the rest of my life. Mm. It blew my mind and it, and, and the enemy used it to try to taint this thing because before that moment, every time I preached was because right. I only preached once, but it was just because of the gospel. After that moment, it took me years to like sift the two Mm -hmm. to not preach and attach money to it. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people struggle with that and, and, and they can, and then, you know, they're distorting the gospel and distorting the cross and distorting the resurrection. So I, I just wanted to share that story because I think that's so key. That's a good story. It's a status yeah. thing. And I didn't even realize that happened to me until I was a young adult. Mm-hmm. And it was because I grew up poor. I grew up that I needed to become something and I attached money to status and identity. And that's a whole nother podcast for another time. <laughs> Maybe we'll do identity right. next month. But, yeah. but, but right. I think everyone's dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. And unless you know better and someone calls you on it, it it took me having a moment with Jesus in some random room in Pennsylvania to like call me out on this thing. And, and now like I can safely say like every time I preach, I'm not doing it for that, but Mm. it took a minute. It was this temptation, which was so Mm. crazy to me. So yeah, Yeah. really, really insane. I don't know how much time we have left on the podcast. We're good. Just, uh, but I was, that reminded me of something I was sharing with a group, uh, yesterday, group of leaders, and um, we're talking about the cross. When, when, when we come to Christ, 
there's, I'll just use the phrase an altar moment. Right. It, it could be at a church and you actually go to literally to the altar, mm-hmm. or it could be when you're in your car and you're broken, you cry out to God, or you're in a hotel room and you're a mess and you cry out to God, whatever, whatever wherever you found the Lord, we'll just call that like an altar moment where you gave yourself up and you realize, okay, I understand Jesus died for me and I just need him. Because we know we're a mess. You can have millions in your bank or you can have nothing in your bank. That doesn't matter. Right. You know you're a mess, lost. You need a savior, right? You need saving and you put your trust in Jesus. We have the tendency to leave the altar. Mm, we have right. a tendency to get up and then go back out about our lives. Now, we've accepted Christ. And, and we need to function, go to work, but there needs to be an abiding posture that I am just a sinner saved by grace. It's that, 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 that parable Jesus told of the, 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 the broken man in the back, the sinner, you know, beating his chest, chest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that he's such a sinner. Then you had the Pharisee in the front of the room saying, well, at least I'm not like that guy, (laughs) you know, and and we have to always say that broken, that, you know, that broken person because, and I was sharing with the group when I came, when I, when I accepted my calling, it was God with tears my whole life is yours, Lord. If yes. you can use me mm-hmm. to save one, mm-hmm. yeah. it'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. I will spend the rest of my life that one would come to you. And I meant it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it was, God, if you would just gather a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. But we put right. expectations yeah. on it. Right. And then it starts to right. taint like and distort yeah. and well, we then, manipulate it. Yeah. Like, Lord, if, if you just give me a hundred, it'll be all worth it. And it'll then... <laughs> You just give us a thousand, you know, right, it, right. It, 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 because we, we begin to put those strings attached and we forget, wait a minute, the real you or the real situation is if, if he just used you for one, yeah. mm-hmm. that was true Yeah, that he would use you all messed up to win one to right. Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, so when we, whether it's ministry or in our jobs, we have to stay in that posture, Lord, whatever you do with me, let it be for your glory. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, whether it's a corner office or I'm at the bottom of the rung, it doesn't matter when we are there. When we stay in the presence of God, it really, it's all details. Mm -hmm. The main thing is to serve God, give glory to God, live our lives in response to the cross and the resurrection is Mm -hmm. if we stay there, it doesn't matter. Like Pastor was saying, you know, making money or not making money or who knows me, who doesn't know me, doesn't matter if we stay there. Yeah. And he can do what you what he wants. There's nothing yeah. wrong with stuff or having high influence. But it's the motivation, right? Could we be just as content yeah. with three people knowing us as opposed to three thousand people or whatever, you know? It's it's that place of complete surrender gratitude it's born out of gratitude i got one quick thing i think a generation is gonna have to deal with this coming up will you still love jesus if he doesn't make you a celebrity for him yeah yeah will you still love jesus if he doesn't give you a big ministry and a big platform oh yeah right like will you still love jesus because right now we're looking up to people that have that and we 
covet what they have. And we say, Jesus, I'll say yes to you, but please secretly, will you do what you did for them for me and potentially on a greater level? So I think humility, I think the most influential people are going to be those who walk in humility again, who don't shy away from preaching the cross and the resurrection, who are less concerned about how cool can I look? How much like a Judas Smith can I look and dress? How much like this church or this ministry can I look like? It's going to be less about that stuff and more about the heart stuff and walking in real humility. And that'll carry a real authority. And I think people are looking for the real thing right now in the next five to 10 years. And it's going to be less about the flash and more about the real substance of the real thing. You know, absolutely. That's where we're going. Yeah. As we were talking, the scripture pops in my brain, Proverbs 16, 18, pride comes before the fall, right? Mm -hmm. Stay close to the foot of Jesus, stay humble and that's when you won't go astray that, you know, and like Pastor Eric talked about your devotion life, the the importance of a devotion life and the importance of remembering what Jesus did, going back to it will keep you from that sense of pride. Right. So I think it's mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. And, and I think one of the beautiful things about the cross, the resurrection is when you stay in that, yeah. it will always confront you. Oh, it will good. always challenge you. So good. You mm-hmm. cannot spend time with God remember what he did, right? Take communion, um, thank him, worship him and, 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 and have that in the front or the back of your mind that you died and you resurrected for me and not let that confront all the things wrong with you all the time. It's like, right. You were trying to compare holiness to holiness and it's, it's not a comparison, right? <laughs> Dirty rags is what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Filthy rags. That's what he says. And, and that's what it is. And so if you're listening to this right now, whether you're a believer for like 20 years or someone sent you this podcast cause they thought their pastors are funny and this one might've not been as funny. Um, and you're feeling a little uneasy. That's a great feeling mm-hmm. because what it is, is I feel like it, it's the Holy Spirit just challenging you, even us, like even as I was talking and we're talking, there's things that are coming up in my mind and that's good. Like that is a great thing because that's how we know we're getting closer to Jesus that's and we're, good, yeah. we're not becoming something that he doesn't want us to become. Amen. And so yeah. what a great conversation. Love you guys. Pastor, can you do me a favor? Can you pray for everybody on the podcast today? Just, I, I think you've hit some great points and, and so just pray that they would stay close to God and remember the cross. And then just a reminder, Easter's in a couple weeks. So we have, we have five in-person services. So we have two in Spanish, we have three in English, and then we have online services as well. 8.30, 10, and 11.30. That's going to be the service time. Spanish will be at 10 and 11.30. And then online will be those times as well. And so go to our website if you want to get any more info. There's going to be kids outside. It's going to be a great time. We're going to celebrate the cross. We're going to celebrate the resurrection. Mm -hmm. People are going to get saved that weekend. Healed, set free. We're so excited, especially to do Easter after COVID. And so just wanted to give that shout out. We love you guys. Pastor Eric, go ahead and pray us out. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a chance to spend time with each other and with those that are um, listening in. And we do give you glory for taking upon yourself our punishment. We are the ones that deserved the death penalty, not just uh, physically, but spiritually. But because of your great love, you came after us. You gave the ultimate Price. You paid the ultimate price. You gave the ultimate gift in yourself, living that sinless life, dying on the cross because you loved us. And then, Lord, you resurrected to prove that you are the Son of God, that everything you taught us was true, that you live. And because you live, we have hope 
that we can overcome the world through you. And ultimately, Lord, the blessed hope that when this life is over, because of what you did, we will be with you forever. We will have eternal life, God. I give you praise. If someone is listening today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move them to faith, to belief in your work, God, and that they would confess their sin and confess you as Lord and invite you, receiving your gift, invite you to be the Lord of their lives. Lord, touch them and minister to them. And I pray that we all would stay very close to the cross. We would be constantly aware of how desperately lost we are and that that's why you died. And that that, oh, that reality, Lord, would keep us humble and teachable, loving and merciful to others, compassionate and committed, Lord, to the, to the narrow road. And so we give you the praise. And I pray that as we draw close to Resurrection Sunday, Lord, Good Friday and, and Resurrection Sunday, Lord, that you would stir something up in uh, all those around us that are hurting, lost, picking up the pieces after a pandemic and such a tumultuous 2020, that they would come to you, Lord, for that life, that truth, Lord God. Um, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you guys for being on today. Love you guys. Thrive family. We'll see you again soon. Share this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.